0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm talking with a mother who's raising her five-year-old on the spectrum. We're going to talk to her and find out what it's like to raise a child who's on the spectrum, what struggles she has to deal with, and what advice she'll have to any mothers out there who are also raising kids on the spectrum themselves. So sit back, relax, and grab
1: I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition, till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in. I wanna believe in the truth, but only see what I'm shown. Got the freedom to choose, but can't decide on my own. Follow what the group is thinking, bottle up my intuition, till it's popping out the box that I don't fit in.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Asperger Studios. Today I'm joined with Adrian John, who's a mother who's raising a son who's five on the spectrum. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: About myself? Well, I um I'm 38, going on 38 years old. I have a five-year-old son, like you said, um, been with my partner for 16 years now. He happens to be bipolar and very severely ADHD, which is probably where our son got it from. Um, (laughs) I'm a zookeeper by trade. I grew up in a pet store. I have two degrees in zoology, and I'm an assistant curator at a facility. Um, And I have a little toddler who's going to probably follow me around. so, um, I've been in the zoo industry most of my life, and I'm currently working more than full time, more than forty hours a week, along with taking care of our our very hyper son.
0: That's that's pretty amazing. A zookeeper of all. I- All right, so you're a zookeeper by trade. Yes. I give you guys a lot of kudos because I have watched zoo shows all my life, a lot with my parents. And you, what you guys do to train the animals is very amazing.
1: Oh, well, thank you. It's a lot of work. It definitely takes a lot of passion and a lot of work. It is easier than dealing with my child, <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, with your husband, who's got ADHD and your child, your son has probably got that as well. Yeah. And then growing an autism, it's quite the challenge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I work with uh, mostly native animals. So I think like foxes and badger and bobcat and skunks. And we do primarily training. So I do have a lot of um, psychology background, too, because of the amount of training that we do in positive reinforcement Um And we do what's called choice and control training as well, which is pretty progressive in the industry, but with all my knowledge and my experience, I still struggle a lot dealing with that little child there.
0: Very. so when did you realize your son was autistic?
1: Um, I think I realized it pretty early on. So, you know, everything in 2020 happened and everyone was saying, well, he's probably just a little bit behind because he's not getting the interaction that he would normally have with um, other children. So he might just be behind language wise because he started regressing in um, the language department when he was about a year and a half old. Um, He was very particular about textures when he was starting solid foods. He absolutely refused to eat any kind of meat since he was six months old, which he still doesn't really eat meat. Um, He likes the crunchy and the chewy things. He was headbanging a lot from the time he was about eight months old um, and kind of self-mutilating a lot because of it. Um, Mm. And then as he got older, he would kind of be dissociated so you would you would see that he would be interacting with you but his eyes were rolled back in his head or he just wasn't all there um and the hyperactivity just continued to grow and grow and grow from the time he started walking he was running pretty much nonstop. and i know kids are hyper everyone's like oh my kid does that my kid's hyper and but i he does not stop until i give him a melatonin at night He will not stop. And if I don't give him that melatonin, he'll be up till midnight running around the house.
0: I know that feeling pretty much with like racing thoughts and everything. I use a CBE product. Otherwise, I would be talking to myself and like laying in bed until I'm exhausted till I pass out.
1: Yeah. And he was doing that. He was mumbling to his little stuffed animals all throughout the middle of the night before my friend suggested trying melatonin and the melatonin definitely helps, but I still hear him sometimes in the middle of the night up talking about the things or playing on his tablet or doing something.
0: I'm sure my co-host here has some questions for you. Right, Michelle?
2: Absolutely. So um, I'm sorry, I came on a little late. So if this is redundant, I apologize. Um, do you have any family history of neurodiversity?
1: Um, I think that we do, but it probably wasn't really diagnosed. The only one that I know diagnosed on my side of the family was um, my brother was ADD back in the early 90s when they had just started like diagnosing that kind of stuff. He was diagnosed as ADD. My husband, on the other hand, has pretty severe bipolar throughout his family line, um, along with ADHD and other mental health problems. So um, we're actually part of the MIND study at the MIND Institute, the brain study um, with Xander, and they took all of our blood to see if we test positive for the alleles that include ADHD and bipolar um, and autism on that that chromosome.
2: interesting have you found out yet or are you still waiting
1: no we're still waiting on the results i don't know when they're actually going to release the results of the study because it's an ongoing study with xander um, tracking the size of his brain as he grows and doing cognitive studies with him too oh,
2: interesting um, they say that a lot of autistic children have larger heads have you noticed that that's something with
1: him yeah. Um, I don't, I haven't noticed him having a larger head, but he also has a really misshapen head because he had a um, head tilt when he was a baby. Um, He had fourth nerve palsy, which basically is a lazy eye, and they didn't diagnose it. They thought it was something else, and they ended up um, leaving him with a tilted head and not giving us a helmet, even though I asked for it. So he has a very funny shaped head, so it could be bigger if it was more of a normal shaped roundish head, but it's really flat on one side. So I'm not sure if it actually would measure bigger or
2: not. Interesting. I have a son myself. So that's why I ask my son has, um, a abundant head. (laughs) My husband also has a large head. I have a very small head and I'm actually late diagnosed autistic. So I didn't know until I was in my late 20s, 27. That's when I got my diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but I've been reading about, um, autistic boys and i guess one of the physical signs is a larger head to body ratio which is is interesting so i was curious yeah. about that
1: yeah yeah they're um they're also looking at the size of the brain so they did an mri on him to test the size of his brain as he grows up too yeah very cool
0: that's funny you mentioned lazy eye i mean i was diagnosed with lazy eye and i had to go through the whole the operation with the patch and everything i yeah. hated it
1: he, um, he, was, he had to
0: uh, wear the patch and everything. Yeah. And I was—I think I was dealing with, that was pre-grammar school. I just hated yeah. wearing the patch. And my parents were like, you got to wear it. It's the only it. way you can get well, your he, eye um, corrected.
1: He was lucky because when they did finally diagnose it, so his head tilt started around like five or six months. And um, they sent us to physical therapy thinking it was just torticollis. Um, And it wasn't getting better. Like he was screaming through physical therapy. It wasn't getting better. Um, Part of the thing I noticed that he wasn't interacting with us like a normal baby was because he couldn't see very well. So like he wasn't making hand gestures and we were trying to teach him sign language, basic sign language. Um, He was not like interacting with the toys that far Mm. away. Like it had to be really up close. Um, And finally, they were like, okay, we'll send you to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor immediately was like, oh, yep, yeah, he has a lazy eye. And so he had his surgery when he was a year and a half old, a little over a year and a half old. Um, and luckily, he didn't have to have an eye patch. They just took him in for the surgery. And then the doctor was like, yep, it's fixed. And he could see again. And after that, he started picking up all those um, sign language cues that we were trying to teach him within a few weeks. So he definitely was struggling because of his lazy eye.
0: Um <laughs> When did you decide to get him tested for autism?
1: Um, Well, when we went for his 18 month checkup, the doctor was like, is he saying any words? And I said, no. Um, And she was worried about that. So she sent us um, to get tested through the school district, I think. I forget exactly what happened. Or maybe she did the Mind Institute. So the Mind Institute down in Sacramento, we're about two hours north of Sacramento in California. um, They do a lot of cognitive studies and behavioral studies. Um, And I think that we had gone through a local place first and they did like a really basic testing but they said until he was three three years old they couldn't get an official diagnosis and so they um, sent us down to the Mind Institute to actually get his autism diagnosis and they said he's very high functioning if he is at all autistic it could also be ADHD or sensory processing disorder but um, he has trouble going from one um, task to another especially if it's a preferred task and in the um, the cognitive studies, when they were doing things with him directly, and the psychologist was watching him, she said, um, he, he has like this deep obsession with cars. Like, he won't play with anything else but cars. All we got him for Christmas pretty much was cars and like a volcano. And um, that's what litters my house is just cars. From the time he was like crawling, he just wanted to play with cars. And so um, when they were doing the test and they were doing Um, all the different little things and trying to identify them Um, he couldn't leave the car alone and he had like this massive breakdown because they were trying to get him to put the car down and move on to another thing so she said that was one of the um, things that made them lead to the diagnosis and the other thing was that he wasn't making direct eye contact with them most of the time which he does a lot of the time until he's overstimulated And then when he gets Mm. overstimulated he just his eyes roll back in his head and he throws his head back and he's not all there interacting with whatever's happening Mm -hmm. it's kind of in his own little world don't open the paint um so we went down when he was three and then they told us about the study they were doing and i said sure why not let's do some science and we've been down there now several times for different things every six months or so they have us come down Um, And do more testing with them, whether it's like taking the blood tests or doing the MRI, which is every couple of years. And then, of course, the cognitive studies and seeing how his progression is coming along, too. Um, And they said most likely when he's between five and six, which we're getting to that point, he probably will be diagnosed with ADHD. So.
0: Wow. What is it like raising him?
1: Um. Some days I don't want to come home because I can't handle the energy. <laughs> I have a very like hard job being a zookeeper. It's a lot of work, but the amount of energy it takes to get him to focus on something, just to get him to eat food is challenging because it's like not something he likes doing. He's really preferred about certain things. And so getting him to calm down to the point that he's not choking on his food or doing something stupid that he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> is really challenging and my husband always says like he's really good throughout the day for him. He um, is a stay-at-home dad, he's on disability so he doesn't work Um, and they have this thing that Xander's pretty good most of the day, he asks for what he needs, Kevin does his thing throughout the day, he has his own routine, it's very routine for them and then when mom comes home, it throws off the routine and everything in the house, the dynamic just changes. And I can't handle that sometimes because I also find that I have sensory issues. I would would probably be diagnosed with autism, too, and my dad would, too, just based on the things I've been learning with Xander. Um, And so I get very overwhelmed and he doesn't listen to me. So if I tell him to do something or I ask him to do something or he's asking for me and I say, well, we need to do this first, I get those intense bursts of fighting back and no and the screaming and he still every once in a while bangs his head on the ground and that kind of stuff and so I find it very challenging and I get overstimulated by it a lot and what um, we have a parent and infant coach that we see who gives us tips and, and things that will help to minimize those outbursts and get him focused and be able to be productive throughout the day and actually interact in tasks. Um, she always says that when mom comes home mom is the safe one and that's when he feels the safest and that's when he is the most himself I'm like okay but why does he turn into a crazy person (laughs) there so um, it's a little much for me but luckily we have um, some support with our parent infant coach and then he also is a respite worker that takes him once a week um, and does activities with him and she has an autistic son also and um, they play together and so he gets interaction and he just started TK this year so at least he's getting into school now which is getting a lot of his energy out um, and has really helped his language progression and and his social skills too. So um, the teachers found a lot of different things to help him focus because he just never stops moving. She says sometimes he just runs back and forth in the classroom um, but she's found some ways to get him to actually participate in some of the activities. Um, and she's seen a big change in him over the past three months. So getting him into school has been very nice.
0: Michelle, you got anything?
1: Um, how has getting
2: additional support as far as you know, going to this, this clinic that you've been mentioning and, and getting additional testing and the respite worker, how has that impacted you as opposed to before you had the support?
1: Um, it's been really, really important for us, um, kind of to maintain my sanity, but also for his growth, just in the time that he spends with his respite worker, he only has one respite worker, because I don't know that I want to like, go between a lot of people. He has a good relationship with her, because she has a, a child that's a year older that has very similar um, diagnosis to him and very similar energy to him. She knows how to deal with him. And because she's outside of our family. He does a lot better for her, so they kind of mask when they're out in public or with other people. That's why the parent infant coach always says he feels safest with mom and he lets it all go. He's really good at masking all those things when he when he's with other people. But um, the rest of worker has been super important in getting those social skills um, that he needs because um, she takes him out to like the playgrounds and she takes him to different activities and sensory rooms and stuff. Because um, I just I don't always have the time to do that Um, because I work so much. Um, And so that's been really important. Having the Mind Institute and help like understand his diagnosis has been really great Um, and figure out, you know, what is actually happening happening in his little brain um, has been very helpful. And then um, the Far Northern Regional is our local place that um, helps people with disabilities. And they've been really helpful getting us help like Um, doing trainings and stuff I haven't really participated in them but they do offer them the um, parent infant coach goes through that um, place and so she has been the most important I think in helping us figure out like things that we can do at home that help them be regulated more often than not Um, things that will help us figure out if he wants to eat anything else other than chips and milk um, and cereal Um, and so that's been super important and super helpful and I don't know that we would be as far along um, if we didn't have that help yeah, um, available to us. The volcano. When I'm not. Yeah.
0: What, um, what are some of the lessons you had to teach him as he's grown? The, some of the what? Lessons you had to teach him.
1: Oh, everything. <laughs> um, just waiting is a challenge. I mean, waiting for any kid is a challenge, but he has trouble waiting for two seconds. Um, Language is still a barrier. He doesn't always understand things very well, and you have to say it in different ways. Um, Safety is a big thing, understanding what's safe and what's not safe. Like, he, you can't just trust him to sit by the car and wait for you if you're putting groceries in the car because he'll literally just run away from you, um, especially if he's really dysregulated. Like, I can't take him places like that if he's dysregulated unless I have like a good grip on him because he's just not aware of his surroundings. So. The safety thing is a big part of that um that i've had trouble trying to get him to understand and then um i think one of the biggest struggles that i really have with him is just eating food food is a challenge
0: all right now does he have any friends has he made friends in school i should ask
1: does he have any what friends um he does have some friends he made some friends in school but he also has a friend outside of school that he's known his entire life. And they get together every couple months when um, his mom and I have time that we can actually find together.
0: All right. Now, how is he in school? I mean, how are his grades? How is he acting?
1: Um, he... he, support he I think does pretty well in school from what the teacher said. I haven't had... Hold on. Sandra, if you want to go out. Go out. Take it out. But, um Go out into your bedroom, please. Um, His teacher has worked a lot in the past three months with getting him to be at least sitting down and participating. And the last time I talked to her, which is right before winter break two weeks ago, she said he's actually doing pretty well um, listening and sitting with the rest of the kids now at least once or twice during his time. He does a half a day of school, so he only goes for four hours. Um, And she's seen a huge change in um, his his skills, like with the other kids and understanding their behavior. Like, she still sees that he mimics a lot of what they do. And he doesn't always understand when they don't want to play with him, which when the past four years when we've gone to the playground he just runs up to anyone and is like here's a car play with me no matter what their age uh-huh. who they are and most of the time they don't want to play with him and he doesn't understand that um but she said he's getting better at that he is in occupational therapy and speech therapy which they didn't really have a lot of updates for that um she created a environment for him so that If he wants to do something that he prefers, he has to do one of the non-preferred tasks first um, to be able to do that thing that's preferred. And she said in the beginning, he really fought her on it, but he's gotten a lot better in participating and listening to her directions and following those directions. So school has been a challenge, but I think he's doing a lot better than when we first started in September.
0: Michelle, you got anything?
1: Um,
2: I had something and I think I kind of lost it. Um, Do you find, when did he start the speech therapy and have you found that there's been an impact um, since he started speech and occupational therapy?
1: Um, We started speech therapy when he was three, I think, maybe two and a half, Um, but it was over the phone. It was over the computer because of COVID. And so he, because he doesn't want to sit in one spot, it was really hard to get him to participate over the computer. Like, I had to put him in his high chair at the time and, like, lock him in, but he would throw things and he would hit my computer and stuff. So um, we decided to meet up at a park, um, and she would do stuff with us. And she learned um, that he loved the cars, so she would focus a lot of her stuff around vehicles and cars. and we, we did that for a year, and then it paused for some reason. Um, they had to like redo all of his um, eligibility through Far Northern. And then we did speech therapy again, where we started going to the school, the local school, but it was still over the computer, but he was with other kids or one other kid for a while. Um, and he did a little bit better actually sitting and listening and participating when the other kid was there. And then it went back to just him on the computer. I don't know what happened to the other kid, Um, but speech therapy now is actually with a group in school. And so he's getting to interact with a human and not through the computer like he had for two years. Um, And the update that I got is that he was doing really, really well in speech therapy. And it's very noticeable because he's able to communicate a lot better than he did. Um, He couldn't really talk very well, up until he was three and a half, almost four, like he couldn't actually have a conversation. He couldn't get through what he wanted exactly. It was very simple, like one or two words, um, snippets of things um, and very repetitive. He's very repetitive and kids are very repetitive. They ask a lot of the questions, but he asked the same question a thousand times versus a hundred times. And it's every single day he'll ask the same question over and over and over again um, until he forgets about it for some reason. But um, I think the speech therapy in school is making a big difference because we've seen a a huge difference, not just in his social skills, but also in his language um, since he started.
2: That's wonderful. So what are you doing personally to create more self-soothing skills for yourself and to kind of work on how to cope with just being able to stay calm with those really big behaviors that you're seeing.
1: Um I would struggle a lot in that department because I deal with my husband being bipolar also, which his mood swings go back and forth a lot. Um work is really my comfort place because That's where I've always been most comfortable. The animals are my life and I love them. I'm in my reptile room right now. So my snakes are back there. So when I need to get away, I lock myself in here for a few minutes and just hang out with my animals because that's where my happy place is. Um, But it's not for very long before someone comes banging on the door wanting my attention. So um, I try to get away with my friends every once in a while. And then I get the pushback from my husband that I'm leaving him alone with my son all the time. So I'm trying to get him out to do more things too. Um, Part of the reason I think the respite care is very important is not only to get Xander the things he needs, but also so Kevin can have time by himself and not have to be thinking about his problems, but also Xander's needs at the same time all the time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: What What are some of the struggles you deal with raising
1: him? Raising him? Yes. I don't know. What are the struggles of raising you? I fear that he's not going to be very healthy because he doesn't eat very healthy food. Um, I don't know that he's ever eaten a vegetable in his life, even though I've tried <laughs> every day. Um, the only way I can get vegetables is if he eats the applesauce that has like the carrots and the spinach mixed mm-hmm. in. That's how he gets his veggies for the day, which he actually likes that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my main concern is just him growing healthy. Um because he was only four pounds when he was born. He was in the NICU for a week and a half um, because he wasn't gaining weight when he was really little. Um, He's had these other problems. He had an undescended testicle. He has had three surgeries in his short little life for his eye and his undescended testicle. Um, I worry a lot about how other people are gonna see him because when I'm in a store with him and he's running around like crazy, people give you looks about, you know, why is your child out of control? But then I see other kids every once in a while that are also like that. I was at Target a few weeks ago and there was a dad with another kid that was just crazy rambunctious like Xander. And we just like, we're like, yep, I have one of those. Yeah, me too. We're just here to hang out and let them do their thing. Um, But the judgmental looks you get sometimes when kids are screaming and hollering and they don't just stop. Or when he was little and he used to do the headbanging a lot, that was very odd if it was out in public because people just didn't understand what was happening with him. Um I'm not sure like other struggles are pretty much the same thing other parents probably have, you know, teaching them life skills and teaching them how to be responsible and respectful and those kind of things, but getting him to focus on those are are the challenge.
0: Have you tried to make ash cauliflower for him to turn it into like mashed potatoes like consistency? Yes. he won't eat it no oh wow he's
1: he won't even try things it's hard i can i can get him to try some things every once in a while but the respite worker when she takes him um she makes him meals and he eats them for her but then he will come home and he will refuse to eat them he will just starve himself sometimes because he'll refuse to eat any of the food that I give him
0: very interesting. You know? yeah. Very, very. Now, what advice would you give to mothers out there who are in the same situation you are?
1: Just try to be patient. I have a lot of patience working with animals because animals don't understand what we want from them all the time. Um, there's a big barrier there, but being patient with a child who just does nonstop moving around and doesn't understand what you're saying and doesn't want to understand what you're saying a lot of the times, um, is challenging. But if you can learn just to be patient, I think that's the most important thing because they'll, they come along. Sometimes it just takes longer for them to learn things than other kids do. So. Mm
0: -hmm. Michelle, you have anything? Yeah, I think
1: it's, it's
2: important to remember that all behavior is communication. So, um, you know, kind of being reminded that maybe if he's really got so much energy one day, maybe there's some kind of a sensory thing that's going on or something yeah. happened that he's trying to process, you know. So I think yeah, that's a helpful thing to to sort of remember. I have a, a son myself. So um I was relating to a lot of the things that you were saying. <laughs> um we yeah. are we're assuming that he'll likely be um, diagnosed with ADHD at some point. He's
1: right there. Yeah. Yeah. Just being patient and I mean, yeah, the language thing, the the communication is, is the challenge sometimes. Like him understanding why something won't happen or why he can't do this is not just a conversation that I hear other kid people have with their kids. It's that repetitive. No, why can't I do it? But why can't I do it? But why can't I do it? And it it happens day after day after day with him. Like he um he has a truck that he got for Christmas, and he just wants to play with it all the time, all the time. But we have to charge it. He doesn't understand that the battery dies, and we have to charge the battery. Why does the battery die? Well, all batteries die, and we have to charge all batteries, just like mommy and daddy charge our trucks. Uh, they die. They don't last that long, but. Since Christmas, every single day, we've had the same conversation of, why does your battery die? Why do we have to charge it? Why doesn't the truck work after you play with it? Every day for the past eight days.
0: Does he have any other
1: special interests besides cars? I don't know. Do you like anything but
0: cars?
1: He wants a volcano right now. We made a volcano yesterday and it's not done drying. So that's what he wants right now. (laughs) But for the most part, He'll interact with, like, certain activities. Like, he started doing Legos recently. um, And he'll go to that and do it for a little bit. Then it always goes back to him playing with a car. Um, He always has a car in his hand or his pocket or his backpack. They come from everywhere. They just randomly show up everywhere. Um, When he wants toys, he always asks for cars. He doesn't ask for anything else when we're at the toy store or we go to Target or anything. He just goes right to the cars every single time. So I have to introduce different toys for him um, and different activities. He does not like like painting or coloring. It's one of his least favorite things. I've tried to get him to do that his entire life since he was a little baby. And he just breaks the crayons and shaves them with his little nails and gets the sensory input from doing that rather than, than coloring on the paper. And so it's activities like that that he does in school that, Are not preferred that the teacher has to get him to do to be able to do the things he wants to do which is play with the cars.
0: Have you set him up with an IEP?
1: Yes he does have an IED. Good. Mm
0: -hmm. Now what kind Mm of sensory issues does he deal with?
1: Sensory issues? um, It's mostly texture with the food. I think that's part of the reason he doesn't eat a lot of things because he doesn't like like mushy food. He doesn't like squishy food. He likes gummies that are really the texture you have to chew. And he likes crunchy things. So he'll eat things that are really crunchy. So I've gotten him to eat like um, some of the veggie chips that they they freeze dry veggies. The only fruit that he really eats are freeze dried fruit. So like the strawberries and the blueberries that are freeze dried because he likes that crunch. Um, but I think that's part of the reason he doesn't like the meat. He doesn't like the texture of the meats and the mashed potatoes and the mashed cauliflower. He doesn't like that, like that texture, but he does eat applesauce, which is very similar. So I don't understand the difference. Um, he Mm. doesn't seem to have any problems like with clothing. Like when I was a kid, I had really weird texture problems wearing certain articles of clothing. Um, I haven't noticed any of that. Um, He likes music, but only certain kinds of music. My husband always has music going. That's part of his ADHD to focus. He needs music going. And so he's used to the music going constantly. Um, But he likes like the really hard rock music because that's what my husband plays all the time. He does not like my classic rock or like other alternative stuff. He tells me and yells at me to turn off. Um, But I think sometimes that helps him focus too, just like it helps dad focus. He sometimes gets overstimulated when we're out with large crowds, but it's gotten better with his respite worker because she takes him all different places with her um, and she's really exposed him to that. Um, What else makes you? Um, When new stuff is happening, like if someone new comes to the house or something changes in the house, you can tell that it really changes him and affects him Um, more than it probably should um when we travel the sitting still part like on an airplane is really hard for him and he he gets really overstimulated there um because he can't move so at the times that he can't get his energy out and he can't physically be moving he gets overstimulated and he starts really like screaming and fighting Mm -hmm. it and like thrashing his whole body around um Because he can't get that energy out that he needs to. So I think that's the biggest problem for him is just the release of the energy. Because he, from the time four o'clock in the afternoon comes around to the time that his melatonin gummy kicks in whenever we give it to him, he's literally just doing laps around the house. Just running. So...
0: Have you tried giving him fidget toys for some for him just to keep his hands busy? He
1: doesn't like so, fidget toys.
0: He doesn't?
1: No, he doesn't like spinners. He doesn't like any of the other little things. He's the little squishy balls, you know? He's yeah. managed to destroy every single one of them. He's very destructive. So part of the reason we only have cars is because the cars are the only thing that have survived him. He has That's destroyed it. all of his books I have to lock the books away otherwise he literally just rips them apart he used to chew them and rip them up when he was like a like little toddler um we can never really read the books unless I had him held hostage in his crib um now that's a little bit better when his melatonin kicks in and his brain is kind of focused in a little bit more he actually does read books with me now um but a lot of the toys like Legos and cars right now are the two indestructible things that we have um and hopefully the magnet tiles that we just got for him. But pretty much everything else ends up getting broken. So all the toys that are in the backyard, like he had a bunch of things in the yard to play with and dig around with. Those are all broken. And he doesn't play with them like a normal kid would. Like we have a little backhoe or, I don't know, a baseball bat even. He doesn't hit the ball. He just goes around and hits everything and throws it. And there was something else he was playing with recently. I was like, that's not what you use that for. He literally just goes and throws things out in the yard. So his monster trucks are all broken because he just goes and whips them against the fence or whips them against a tree. He doesn't kill the little Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels did a really good job making them indestructible from from small children.
0: (laughs) How is he like when you take him to a
1: movie? I've never taken him to a movie before.
0: Have you tried to take him? You should try to take him to something like to see or rent a movie like Cars. animated movie um,
1: he watches car like he has disney plus so he sits and watches movies sometimes like last night we watched a movie we watched wreck it ralph and he sat there and watched the whole thing he told me to turn it and fast forward it but i didn't but he um he had his melatonin so when he has his melatonin he can sit and watch things that's when we read books that's when we watch movies otherwise he'll ask me to turn a movie on he'll watch it for five minutes and then he's gone doing something else and then he's annoyed that the thing stopped after an hour and a half that he wasn't even watching it so he wants to watch it again so
0: have you tried any other like medications with him like um
1: i did try cbd with him and i didn't notice a difference but that was Hmm. um probably last year i tried it um, there's a lot of like different <laughs> calm down gummies that they have in the market that I've tried that didn't seem to do anything or actually made it worse. Um, so I'm hoping that as he gets older and he's diagnosed, he can get on some kind of medication that will help him to regulate his brain and calm his brain down enough to be able to focus in on things. Um, his dad is on Adderall and you can tell a huge mm-hmm. difference when his Adderall kicks in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Adderall as well, and I started out at five. I had to go all the way down to two and a quarter. Oh, because yeah. For me, it feels like I've run a race.
1: Oh, really? And
0: I can't deal with the heart beating like a mile a minute.
1: Uh, no, my husband is on 40 milligrams of Adderall, fast acting 20 and um, slow release 20 and he can go read a book, he can focus on the task he's doing. It slows his brain down to the point that he can take a nap and like actually feel rested. And the same thing happens when he drinks coffee. If he's had enough caffeine, he just goes back and takes a nap because it helps to slow his brain down. Otherwise his his brain is so all over the place. He'll just be talking about one thing and then it'll switch to another thing without like any prompting. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? his brain is just all over the place and the Adderall just helps to focus what's coming out at that time so
0: Michelle you have any other questions
1: not
0: at the moment all right well anyways that was Adrian John I'm Reed Miles and Michelle Markham and I'll see you in the next one everyone see you there